Monday, September 17th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast. And I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City right here in Denver, Colorado. And you know, we get together every single weekday. We discuss the world of sports with a dose of common sense. When you look around at the world of sports right now, and you look at the world of sports media right now, yeah, a dose of common sense is desperately needed. We don't get nearly enough of it. We are being thrown some things Honestly, they don't make any sense day in, day out. We try to bring a little bit of common sense, and hopefully we can make you smile at least once or twice a day. I hope that you enjoyed your weekend. It was a fun weekend of sports. There's a lot of stuff to watch out there. number of things we've got to cover today. We saw college football. We saw the NFL. We saw a big fight take place on Saturday night. Had a lot of things to watch over the weekend. I hope that you were able to take some time away from work. I hope you were able to sit on the couch and just soak it all in and enjoy every ounce of it. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, let us know maybe what you enjoyed watching over the weekend. Feel free to hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or you can go over to Facebook or Twitter. You can find us over there. Both of those handles are at dailydosports. Maybe you've got a question. Maybe you have a comment. Maybe you have some feedback for the show. Feel free to reach out. We would love to hear from you. Hey, today on the show, we've got a lot of things, like I said, to cover. A number of things took place over the weekend. But one of the things we're going to make sure that we hit today, you know, last week, I told you that I was boycotting the Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Alvarez fight, and I meant it. I wasn't kidding. I did not watch the fight. I didn't buy it. I didn't go to the bar. I didn't go to a friend's house. I have not seen it even now. I didn't watch it. I hated the decision of the first fight. It looked very dirty. One judge in that first fight had it slightly in Triple G's favor at 115-113. Okay, that made sense. One judge had it a draw. Okay, again, it was a close fight. And then the third judge had it 118-110 in favor of Canelo Alvarez. Then in May, these two were scheduled to fight the rematch, but Canelo tested positive for a banned substance. Not one time. No, no, no. He tested positive two times. Claimed it was from tainted meat. Apparently, he took a doggy bag and ate some more of that meat later. And as a result, the fight got postponed until September this past weekend. Now, when Canelo failed that drug test, I said, I'm not watching the second fight. On Saturday night, Triple G and Canelo fought to what is being said was another controversial decision. Today on the show, we're going to be joined by a guy who watches a ton of boxing. He watches every single fight. I want to get his thoughts on Triple G versus Canelo 2. I want to see, did the judges get it right? What does he think is going to happen in a third fight? I want to talk to him a little bit about that fight on Saturday night, because like I said, I didn't watch it. I didn't tune in for it. We'll see what he has to say. We are going to get to that in just a minute, but before we get to that, we do have a number of things that I want to cover from the weekend in sports. And let's start off in college football. We saw some interesting games over the weekend. But one of maybe the more interesting things for me, was actually an interview that Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer did with ESPN. Meyer said in that interview that he made a bad decision in choosing to bring Zach Smith to Ohio State and that he should have made athletic director Gene Smith aware of the assistant football coach's legal history at the time. Meyer also admitted that he erred in his handling of Smith. Here's what Urban had to say. I erred when I made a decision to do the best I can to help stabilize that situation. And one of the things, I look back now, 
I probably should have fired him. Wait, hold on, you lost me. You probably should have fired him? You're not quite sure about it? Not quite sure about it, but probably should have fired him. Dude, just own it already. You work for a state university. This isn't just coaching, I don't know, Little League down at the Y. Just own it. You screwed this up. You tried to hide it. And tried to hide, I'm guessing, a number of other things when you went and had that cell phone destroyed. But just own it. Don't give me the, I probably made a mistake. Just come out and say, hey, I screwed that up. I botched that. I made a mistake. I probably should have been on top of it. I should have known what my coaches were doing. I should have known the situation much, much better than I did. I messed up. Now we have to move on and try to get past this. But to come out and say, I probably screwed it up? No, there's no probably about it. You definitely did. Of course, Urban Meyer has been prohibited from coaching the Buckeyes' first three games for his handling of those domestic abuse allegations against Smith and how he represented his awareness of those allegations back in July. Meyer's three-game suspension actually ended on Sunday. So now Urban Meyer gets back... Wait. So now Urban Meyer actually nothing whatsoever changes at all, except for the fact that he'll be back on the sideline for games because remember, he's been coaching the entire time. He was never punished whatsoever at all. Hey, must be good to be the king of Ohio State. I know that they have a president at Ohio State. It's really, really nice that Urban Meyer lets him keep his job. (laughs) A little more news coming out in college football. LSU has jumped all the way up to number six in the Associated Press College Football Poll after their second victory of September against a highly ranked team as they beat Auburn on the road. Meanwhile, Wisconsin dropped down to 18 after becoming the first top 10 team to get upset by an unranked team. We knew a couple upsets were coming. Wisconsin actually ended up being the first big one. Top-ranked Alabama, of course, strengthened their hold on the number one spot on Sunday. They got a season-high 58 first-place votes from the media. Clemson actually dropped out of the number two spot for the first time this season. The Georgia Bulldogs have moved up a spot to second behind Alabama. That means, once again, the Southeastern Conference has the top two teams in the country. Oh, and you just know that people around the nation are seething at the fact that the SEC has the top two teams in the country. Clemson is third. They did get three first place votes, followed by number four, Ohio State, and Urban Meyer, who was never suspended, and number five, Oklahoma, who is still looking very impressive. Kind of sneaky, but Oklahoma is right there. But, you know, going back to LSU, LSU has now gone from number 25 to start the season to number six in three short weeks. Hey, I still don't know what LSU has. I watched that Auburn-LSU game on Saturday. I don't know what to take from that. I really wasn't impressed with it that much on Saturday. But I will give them this. They keep finding ways to win. And at the end of the day, there is something to be said for that. The fighting Ed Orgerons live to be closed captioned whenever they speak for another day. Fight on LSU. They are up to number six. Shifting over to the NFL, we did have another interesting Sunday in the NFL. One news story coming out, though, that surprised us a little bit over the weekend. The Cleveland Browns are set to release troubled wide receiver Josh Gordon today. The Browns didn't really provide any details in their decision to part ways with Gordon, but rumor has it that Josh Gordon broke the team's trust 
when he reported to the facility Saturday with a hamstring issue after he had been practicing all week and didn't have any problems. They are saying that he actually hurt himself doing promotional work somewhere. Sources are saying there are also other mitigating factors because of all of Gordon's past incidents with the Browns. Now, the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys say they are both interested in signing Gordon. But when you hear that, doesn't it kind of make you wonder why Cleveland wouldn't have at least tried to trade Gordon? Maybe get something for him instead of just cutting him and walking away from it? Maybe they could have got a, I don't know, sixth or seventh round draft pick, get something. I'm not just going to cut him and let him walk away. Meanwhile, on Sunday, the Cleveland Browns can get rid of Josh Gordon if they want, but they can't wash off the stink that is the Cleveland Browns. After tying the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one, yesterday, the Browns got back to their losing ways by pooping their pants against the New Orleans Saints. (gasps) Now, I know what the story is coming out today. Everyone's going to be blaming the kicker. Cleveland's going to be blaming the kicker. The national media is going to be blaming the kicker. But honestly, at the end of the day, this is just the Cleveland Browns doing Cleveland Brown things. They were leading 12-3 to in the third quarter when kicker Zane Gonzalez missed an extra point that would have put them up by 10. Then he missed a field goal that would have put them up by 12 in the fourth quarter. Finally, the Browns score a late touchdown. Just a minute left to play. Kick the extra point. You will take the lead on the Saints. Except Gonzalez missed the kick again. And instead, now the game is tied. And we already know what's going to happen. Like, you didn't even have to watch the game. You already knew what was going to happen. Of course, New Orleans Saints quarterback Drew Brees leads a 49-yard drive in less than a minute to win the game with a field goal. Like I said, you can blame the kicker all you want. And I understand it. He was horrible yesterday. But this is just how the Cleveland Browns are. It's like asking water to not be wet. It's like asking ice to not be cold. The Browns are who we thought they were. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. They're better. They're at least competitive. They're just still not all that good. Also yesterday, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, he went ahead and played as the Packers finished with a tie against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Another week, another tie in the NFL. Can the NFL, please, I'm begging you, just be smarter. I know we say that a lot here on The Dose. Just be smarter. That's all I'm asking you for. I'm telling you, I've got to get some t-shirts that just say, be smarter. Listen to The Daily Dose. Can the NFL please be smarter? I know that's asking a lot. But why is college football overtime better than the professional game? And not like a little better, like light years better. In college football, There are no ties. You each get the ball at your opponent's 25-yard line, and you play it out. You play until there is a winner. I'm not asking necessarily for that specifically, but shouldn't the league that proclaims their Super Bowl the world champion do a little bit better? Yes, the NFL has more champions than Mars and obviously Uranus, but if you are declaring world champions, then shouldn't your games end up a little better than so did you win? Nope. Did you lose? Nope. We tied. Perfect. Just how we were hoping a contest that keeps score to see who is better would end up in a tie. It's just like you never played the game. Nobody won. Nobody lost. Again, can the NFL just be a little bit smarter? Stop having ties. You are a multi 
bazillion dollar entity. Figure out how to keep games from ending in ties. You know, one thing I was thinking about, you know how we always compare NFL players to like the gladiators from back in the Roman days? And I get it. They go out there, they put their bodies on the line. But can you imagine this for just one second? Imagine that, I don't know, Maximus or whatever goes into the arena. He's going to fight the lion. Nero releases the lion and in they go. And these two get after it for like three hours. Like it is a bloody, nasty, vicious fight. And at the end of this insane battle in the Colosseum, they just stop it and say, uh, so we're just going to call it a tie. I mean, the lion was good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he wasn't good. Remember early on, like in the second quarter, when the lion actually bit Maximus on the jugular vein, blood was flying. I mean, it was good. Like the lion was impressive. I'm not saying he wasn't. But then Maximus came back with that sword in the gut at the two minute warning. I I don't know how to call it. I think we're just going to have to call this whole thing a tie. I'm not down with the ties in the NFL. And you don't get to call yourself gladiators when you have ties. It's dumb. You know, over the summer, here on the Daily Dose, we actually worked on building the perfect running back. Not sure if you tuned in for that show. If you didn't, go back, check it out. It's in the archives, I'm sure. We compiled some different pieces from some of the greatest running backs ever in NFL history. And we built a running back. That I'm telling you right now, like if you saw this running back on Sundays, good luck. You're not stopping him. But one piece that we apparently missed from our greatest running back in NFL history made some news on Sunday. So here's what I want you to do right now. I want you just to think briefly of the greatest running backs in NFL history. Some of the guys that could really carry the ball. They could do it all. They could run it. They could catch it. They could block They just were shifty and strong and powerful. They could pull away. They could run through you. They could go around you. Who are the best running backs you can think of? And you come up with names like Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith. How far down the list would you go before you thought of the name Frank Gore? Because Miami Dolphins running back Frank Gore, he just, you know, handed the ball to the ref ran back to the huddle. It wasn't too big of a deal, but he actually passed New York Jets great Curtis Martin for fourth on the NFL's all-time rushing list on Sunday. Okay, just saying. Raise your hand. Little honesty check here. Raise your hand. How many of you listeners out there knew Frank Gore was that high on the list? Okay, a few of you raised your hands. Not very many. Next question. How many of you knew Frank Gore was even still in the league And more important, he was with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, again, nobody's raising their hand. And I'm not either. I had literally no idea. During Sunday's game against the New York Jets, Frank Gore had an eight-yard run late in the third quarter. He reached 14,102 yards. Next up for Gore, Barry Sanders is at 15,269 yards. Really? Frank Gore has a chance to pass Barry Sanders? Now, Gore finished the game with a whopping 25 yards on nine carries. The Dolphins did get a 20-12 to win, but it just goes to show you that while there is something to be said for longevity, it's not everything. Prime example, Frank Gore. Greatest running back ever? Yeah, he's good. Great? I don't think so. I can name 15 guys I would take before I'd take Frank Gore. And when I say 15, I mean 30. 
Finally, we get to my favorite story of this NFL weekend, and that is Buffalo Bills cornerback Vontae Davis apparently retiring at halftime of Sunday's 31-20 loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. Davis actually started the game on Sunday, but he wasn't seen on the field or on the sideline in the second half. The Bills were down 28-6 at halftime. According to Bills head coach Sean McDermott, Davis pulled himself out of the game. He communicated to us that he was done. Not done today, like done. Like I'm not playing anymore. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. The Bills signed Davis to a one-year deal back in February. It included a two and a quarter million dollar base salary and a $1.5 million signing bonus. Two million of that base salary is fully guaranteed. Dude decided he would rather stop playing football completely rather than play one more single second with the Buffalo Bills. Hey, I love the checks. I love being an NFL player. I love the glamour. I love the glitz. I love the game. I love the competition. But playing with the Buffalo Bills, yeah, I don't really love any of it that much. Like, I can totally walk away from all this in one second. It's fun, but it's not that fun. Hey, coming back, we are going to be joined by a guy, I told you, he understands boxing. I'm really hoping that he can explain the fight that took place on Saturday night because I boycotted it and I didn't watch it. Did Canelo Alvarez really win the fight? Did Gennady Golovkin get robbed again? We are going to answer all those questions and more when we get back. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. September's Loot Crate theme is now out, and it is called Invaders. Forget the flying saucers. They're already here, and it may already be too late. Embrace your new overlords with exclusive new gear featuring some of our favorite alien invaders. September's Loot Crate theme features items from Alien, The Predator, The X-Files, and Venom. But trust me, if none of those franchises appeal to you, make sure that you do stop by Loot Crate because you are going to find just about anything you could possibly think of over there. Of course, the best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, just make sure that you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for listening to the Daily Dose each and every day. Joining us right now on the Daily Dose, you know, we've got a first-time visitor. He is a personal friend of mine and a guy that follows the fight game at a very high level. He even attends a number of the top fights. Fernando, thank you so much for joining us today on The Daily Dose. I am hoping that maybe you can make some sense of what is going on in the boxing world right now. Well, I, I was a little upset last night. Um, I, I thought Triple G did not fight his fight. I thought uh, Canelo fought the perfect fight. I thought uh, I, I really liked what he did after he got cut. I, I really believe he became the actual Mexican fighter everybody's wanted to see. I was more impressed with his fight now than I was in the first fight. I, I, I think that he finally showed that he is a true Mexican fighter. I, I believe that Triple G did not fight his fight, and that's my issues with the entire uh, 12 rounds, is that Triple G was very flat-footed. Um, I've never seen him so flat-footed in my life. There was no bounce to his step. Um, I was upset with more of the way Triple G fought than I was with the way Canelo. Canelo did a great job. He fought the perfect fight. Before we get into what happened last night, I just want to get a little insight on where you're coming from. In your opinion, who won that first fight between these two? By far, no questions, 
Triple G won the first fight. Why? Triple G uh, outboxed him. Uh, he out-counterpunched him. Um, Canelo was always on the uh, defense. He made the fight. Uh, Canelo once again fought kind of the same fight he fought when he fought Mayweather, where he was just too afraid to get hit and, and, and not did not become the counterpuncher that most Mexican fighters are. I, I believe that it's the reason why he won this fight. I, I, everything he did wrong in the first fight is why he won this fight. So when you look at the fight on Saturday night, how would you have scored it? And I don't need like an exact score as far as a round count, but how would you have scored this fight if you had a scorecard in this fight? I have Canelo up by one by one round. Okay. And why did you think he won the fight? I think, I think once he got cut and was afraid, not afraid to get hit and, and get hit back by Triple G and was able to take the punches, he was able to counter punch him and, and uh, outbox him. And I, I really believe Triple G put himself in a position to lose the fight. It's not the Triple G that I've ever seen. I don't know who showed up last night. Well, and you texted me that on Saturday night. I was kind of checking in with you. I boycotted the fight because I'm not happy with the whole failed drug testing. I boycotted the fight. But I'm texting you and kind of say, okay, you know, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? And you texted me something really interesting. You said, I thought Triple G held back. What did you mean by that? He was the most, I've never seen him so flat-footed. Um, I, I believe the best boxers in the world have that counterpunch step, that Manny Pacquiao bounce. You know, that they either, they, they live by or they die by. And, and, and Triple G didn't have it last night. He was, if you, if you watch the fight from beginning to end, he was the most flat-footed I've ever seen. You said that Canelo got cut. When did he get cut in the fight? Uh, I believe it was around the fourth or fifth round. And that's when he kind of uh, woke him up and he got going? Yeah, I, I think that he just, he just stepped it up. He just was like, you know what, I can take this guy's punch. I'm just going to hit him back. And Canelo became the fighter that we all wanted him to be. So... You're okay with the judges' scorecards. You thought that they got it right on this fight? I do. I do. I, I believe uh, it wasn't up to the scorecards. I believe Triple G fought the fight to lose. So here's the question for you, because we all know what's coming. As soon as, I mean, they were still in the ring, and they were already talking about Triple G versus Canelo, number three. Will you watch the third fight? Yes, I will. Uh, as a boxing fan that I am, uh, these are the best boxers in boxing. I think Triple G is one of the most talented boxers I've ever seen. If, if he fights the fight that I, I, I want him to fight, he, they, he gives uh, Canelo a run for his money. And uh, a year from now, two years from now, Canelo only looks better every time. I think that Triple G is uh, going to look worse on the third fight. Well, and he's getting older. He's reaching that age where you're starting to say, okay, at some point he has to start taking a step back. Do you think there was any of that last night? Were we seeing his age start to materialize? Or do you think he was, eh, who cares? I can kind of make it through this one because we know everybody's going to want a third fight. Yeah, I, I, want, I want to stay with his age or I want to say that maybe Triple G wanted to make it a fight for the fans. You know, I want, I want to stay with his age because then, but then, I, then I, don't, I don't want to say that because you got a guy like Manny Pacquiao who still has that bounce. Uh, what is it? 40, 39, 40 years old. Yeah. And Triple G just didn't have that bounce last night. You know, that step to the side, that step to the right. I, I mean, I can honestly tell you that I don't think I saw Maybe 10 body punches to the body. I've never seen Triple G not work the body or a combination. He, he's a combination boxer where he puts three, four, five punches together. Last night, he wasn't doing that. Anything interesting on the undercard? I know Chocolatito Gonzalez fought on the undercard. I know Jaime Munguia fought on the undercard. Both of them knocked their opponents out. Anything that you watched that you liked on that undercard? Well, I think Munguia is the next big thing in Boston. I think Munguia is going to be... Uh, he, he just he, he's definitely not a hundred and fifty four pounder. He's definitely going to move up to one sixty. 
but he is the next big thing. I think he's a he's what everybody wants to see. He's a, the, the true Mexican style of boxing. He's not afraid to get hit. He counter punches very well, and he's got a hell of a punch. Yeah, he's a big, strong kid. He's really, really strong. Yeah. I hope that they bring him along the way that they should, because if they do and they allow him to continue learning and continue growing, I think we're going to see, like you said, one of the next great ones because this kid has a ton of tools to work with. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing with that style of boxing is that either, uh, you know, it's a Marquez style. You know, you get a, a very skilled fighter against someone like that, they can out-jab Mangia for 12 rounds. Can anybody knock him out or, or, or put him down? I don't believe so. But that style is, is a great style to watch. He's going to have a, a big fan base because that's what everybody wants to see. But you get a guy, you know, that can out jab him. I, I, I think he suffers. He's going to suffer when he comes across a very talented, skilled boxer with just jab. That's where I think he's going to have problems. Yeah, he's going to be fun to watch. Did you watch the Chocolatito fight? Did he look like he's, is he back? Is he better? The last fights we saw him fight against Sorong Visai, he got pummeled. Did he look like he's back last night, or was that just kind of a setup fight? You know what? At where I was at, they did not show the Chocolatito fight. So I did not see that fight. Okay. Uh, Chocolatito, to me, I, I don't see the fight in him anymore in the yeah. last couple fights. So he's not someone I want to watch in that division anymore. There's, there's so many talented fighters in that weight class. Now, I know, Fernando, that you, many times, you do lay some money on sporting events. Did you have any money on the fight last night? I took the over. You took the over? Yes. I, I really believe from the, from, from the beginning that neither one of the guys, either Canelo wouldn't commit, which I thought he did commit, actually, in a later round to the fight. But I didn't think uh, Triple G was in an age to knock Canelo out. And I don't think Canelo was good enough to knock Triple G out. So the over was the best that you could have made last night, and that's what I took. You took that, and you pulled some money, as you often do. Very, very good at that. I've got to touch on one other thing, and I do thank you for coming on and discussing the fight. A lot of the things I'm hearing in sports media, a number of people are now coming out saying maybe the judges got it wrong. I'm glad to hear that you think the judges got it right. You're a guy that follows the fight game. You're a guy that understands boxing. If you're saying that the judges got it right, I'm going to probably side with you. But i got to ask you one more thing before we let you go. Floyd Mayweather says he wants to fight Manny Pacquiao again. Do we have any interest whatsoever in watching this fight? Just because I'm a fan, I, I'm going to say yes. Oh, you're uh, you're a better man is it, than is, me. Is it going to be, you know, I, I feel like at this point, I'm going to watch it to watch it, but I'm not going to go out of my way for it. Well, I'm going to, let's play a game. I know it's your first time in, but we're going to play a quick game with you, okay? All right. We're going to give you a multiple choice, and you can pick whichever thing that you would want to watch. I'm going to give you two hours you have to watch this event. First up, you can watch the second Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao fight. It's going to take two hours because we know it's going to go the distance. Next up, we're going to have you watch two hours of former San Antonio Spurs great Tim Duncan's greatest bank shots, which should also be super exciting. Next up, we're going to give you, he's not the most exciting guy, but Washington Redskins quarterback Alex Smith we're going to give you two hours of his best check downs. When he looks down the field and goes, nah, I'm just going to dump it off to a running back. Again, probably not that exciting, but again, I don't know. Maybe you want to watch that. Or you can watch two hours of Bill Belichick's greatest press conferences. How are you going to go? Which of these things are you going to spend your two hours doing? Well, like I said, I'm a boxing fan. I'm going to watch the fight. I love it. I'm glad that you are committed. You know, boxing, uh, I struggle with boxing. Boxing is that 
really, really hot girl when she's all made up and she is breathtaking and she is gorgeous. And yes, you know, she has VD and yes, she's a skank, but man, when she's good, she's really, really good. I want to thank you so much for stopping by discussing the fight. You're, you're giving me some faith. Like you're making me feel better about this. I was worried the judges screwed this up again. Based on what you're saying, you're saying it's pretty close fight and you think Canelo won it. If that is the case. Yes, I I do. I think uh, Triple G lost it. I think Canelo won. And I said, I watched the third one. I don't want to pay $90 for it. Yeah. That was insane last night, by the way. I want to put that out there. But we got what we wanted. And uh, I think if if just Triple G fights his fight, I think he wins it all day, any day. In any backyard, no TVs, no no fans watching. I think Triple G kicked Canelo's. So this is now going to have to be, this next fight, if they go for the third fight, this is going to have to be, what, like six months out? Yeah, I think the average, yeah, yeah that, that sounds about right. So we're looking May, June, somewhere in there. Triple G is going to be, what, 36 years old, something like that? That's my only concern. I think he's the better fighter. I think he's the tougher fighter. I think he hits harder. I worry a little bit about his age, but I guess we're going to have to wait and see and, and see how number three comes out. Well, 100% Canelo wins the next one. You've got Canelo winning the next one. Yes, I do. I, I really believe that Triple G's uh, trying to get a paycheck from here on out. It's pretty much on his way out the door. Anything to the idea that Canelo is the Golden Boy promotions guy. Golden Boy is making sure that their boy wins these two, last two fights, or at least the draw in the last one was ludicrous. Golden Boy is, is uh, making these fights come out the way they want them to? Yes, yes. I think they, they brought, nobody has been brought up better than Canelo. Uh, hopefully he has the balls to fight somebody like Mangia. And Mangia will kick his. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking forward to what comes. Fernando, I got to thank you so much for stopping by the Daily Dose. Love getting your insight on the fight game, and we're going to have to do this again sometime. All right, thanks. Hey, we do have another busy week for you here at the Daily Dose. You know, again, I felt like we didn't get to quite cover college football and the NFL quite as much as I wanted. Never fear, tomorrow we will be looking at some winners and losers from the second full week of football. We still have a lot to get to. Plus, we're going to have our Hump Day Power Rankings this week. I'm sure we'll have some overreactions of the week. We'll have a weekend preview, and on Friday we'll have to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. We have got a jam-packed week for you here at the Daily Dose. I have to say thank you all so much for listening to the Daily Dose on your Monday. For all of you that share the show, it is appreciated. Hey, if you are not subscribed to the Daily Dose, wherever it is that you listen, just click that little follow or subscribe button. You'll make sure that you don't miss a single episode. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Monday.